This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League. Presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Norcom, your audiovisual information technology solutions provider, Norcom.com, JTM Food Group. Let's create great dishes together. Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, and by MSA Design. Design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval. From our family to yours for life, visit KelseyChev.com. Ucrate, your custom crating and shipping solution. Visit Ucrate.com. And by United Dairy Farmers, UDF now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipe. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network on 700 WLW. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League. It is the last Reds Hot Stove League without games being played. With Jim Day, I am Tommy Thrall. Welcome to the show. We're going to be talking baseball and Reds baseball at that for the next hour. When we reconvene at this time next week, we'll be talking about how Joey Votto is working on a perfect spring at the plate. We'll talk about... (laughs) how explosive and how nasty Sonny Gray looks on the mound, and a litany of other topics. I hope you're right. You scared me there for a minute. I'm like, did we get canceled? <laughs> it's like this is the last Todd Stove League before games. Okay. Before games. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Game starts Sunday. Sunday, indeed. Very exciting. So stuff. glad we made it here. Well, I actually haven't made it yet, but so glad we're the week of, and, you know, we're things fingers are crossed. Good. Yeah. Things are looking good. <laughs> oh, gosh. If you want to be a part of the show, you can call us at 513-749-7000. 1-800-THE-BIG-1, uh, pound 700 for AT&T customers. Exciting show. We've got some sound clips that we'll play. Joey Votto uh, spoke to the media this week. We heard from A. Eugenio Suarez today, so we'll we'll get some of their thoughts. Um and right off the top, a guy that's pretty used to doing big things early on, yeah. Eric Davis. Indeed. Right out of the gate. Eric the Red. A Eric. lot of people's favorite of all time in a Red's oh, uniform. Boy, you're not kidding. That was very obvious based on the Twitter reaction when uh, the Twitterverse found out that Eric Davis would be our guest yeah. today. Eric the Red, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being on. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, guys. How you guys doing? Outstanding. Fantastic. Good. Really, really, very much looking to seeing baseball games played again. I don't know about you. It's, it's going to be exciting. Uh, but if you really look back to the postseason last year, you, you kind of really didn't really notice a whole lot that the fans weren't there because there was some exciting baseball. So uh, I, I still think the game is in a great place. But anytime you can bring the fans back, it's just going to add uh, a cherry on top. 
can't wait to see fans in the ballpark again. Sounds like there will be fans at the spring training games, so that'll be uh, that'll be refreshing there as well. What what's this like for you right now? Are you actually in Arizona? Do you still have access to the team? I know with everything going on the way it is, I mean things are a lot different. So so it. it What's this like as a former player? Because I know a lot of times you guys go back and and spend some time out there in Arizona. Well, I live in Arizona, so uh, I'm I'm here now. I moved down here five years ago, so I'm part of. I'm not part of the first or the second tier, so I will just have to wait and see what my availability is uh, once the games start. Uh, it's, it's something that's I'm totally different. Normally, I would be in spring training as part of the staff or doing whatever that was required, but because of the rules and, and, and how many people you can have and uh, having us still been in somewhat of a pandemic, uh, you can only have a certain allotment of people. And, and I wasn't a part of those early, uh, the people that was uh, formulated for the major leagues and stuff. So I'm buying my time and just sit back and when I can be of some service, and that's when I'll be. Let's. Uh, I want to talk to you about this team. You said that this team is certainly still uh, an exciting team, off of the postseason that we saw last year. Uh, what what excites you about this team this year? Well, uh, just thinking that we're coming off a, a playoff. Uh, the team, it's a playoff team. So anytime you have a playoff team, you have to be uh, excited. Uh, Losing Trevor Bauer is not going to be easy, but we have some guys who are more than capable. I don't know if they can win a side young. I know Castillo and Sonny Gray has the ability to win a side young, but just to be dominant, uh, we have some guys. Tyler Molly can still be dominant. So we have some guys who uh, the organization think that can do a more uh, of adequate job when it comes to being uh, consistent on the mound. Uh, the, the issue is what is our offense going to be like? Um, we're not the most speed of foot team, uh, so we have to do different things in order to be consistent in scoring runs when it matters and stuff. And we still have uh, Suarez and Votto and Castellano and some guys who can juice the ball uh, and have good on-base percentages. But at the end of the day, we need to create more ways in order for us to score runs in these two-to-one games or when we face top-quality pitching uh, because that's what the postseason is about. It's about can you create and manufacture runs when you have to. You have uh, been a staple at spring training uh, prior to COVID, obviously, and you've been around – uh, the Reds, whether it be in an advisory category or um, instructing on the field, working with minor leaguers, how appreciative have you been over the years to stay not only close to the game but close to the Reds? And you, it doesn't seem like there's that there's an age gap with you and the players, but it doesn't seem like there's any more of a gap that you can relate with these guys. Well, I'm I, I'm honored to be able to be a part of this organization. This was my first uh, organization. I got drafted out of high school uh, 41 years ago, if you can believe that. So uh, having gone through all the things that I've gone through in this organization and then watching ownership change and, and, and having the Castellini family reignite the relationship with ex-players that had been dissolved in some capacity, prior to them taking ownership and, and, and having the opportunity to be a part of 
of of what they've built and and what they will continue to have in the city of Cincinnati is fascinating, and, and I'm humbled by it and stuff. So I still think that I'm in a position to to add something to an organization that that uh, is vitally looking for that extra to uh, bring a championship back to the city of Cincinnati. I'm not that far moved from. The player's identity and who I am and what I've accomplished, and I think that over the past years I've I've made changes to to get down to some of the uh, conversations that they have and 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 what they believe in, and try to incorporate my knowledge to some of the things that they believe in, and give it to them in a simplistic mannerism that they'll understand it. Part of your identity as a player was the ability to steal bases, and you did so very well. We don't see that as much in the game right now, but do you see uh, the way baseball goes? It seems like it's always on a pendulum, and maybe the do you see maybe the base stealing pendulum coming back into the game at some point? Well, see, the problem with baseball has always been a follow sport, and who's ever had had success, other teams try to mirror that. Uh, if you look at what was in the postseason and why teams were playing the way that they play and who got close to winning the championship, and ultimately, why did the Dodgers win the World Series? They have been a formidable opponent the past few years, but what was the determining factor? And it's very simple. It was Mookie Betts, his ability to play defense, his ability to run the bases, his ability to score on infield choppers and things of that nature, which transcends into winning games. Now, when you don't have those type of guys, then you have to do whatever you have to do in order to get yourself in that position. But speed has always been a part of the game. I just think that when people look at how they want to build their clubs, these aren't speed merchants. And so when you take a lot of the AstroTurf out of the the league, then teams start to look for more different styles of play. If you look at all the renovations we've done to the brand new parts, they're all band boxes. The ball travels very well. So you think that if I can hit the ball out of the ballpark, I have a chance, which rightfully so. But when you're talking about playing championship baseball, you're facing top quality pitching when you get to the postseason. It ain't going to be a whole lot of popping and screaming and slugging and all those different kind of things and stuff. So you have to be diversified in how your attack is going to be in order to, to contend for a championship. No question. Well, Eric, uh, I, I know you've started a campaign to encourage youth baseball and softball participation, and, and I want to get into that. You have time to stick around and talk about that? Sure. Absolutely. We'll continue that conversation when the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser and UDF on the Reds radio network continues next. If your kids are big Reds fans like mine, be sure to sign them up for the Reds Heads Kids Club. Each membership includes a backpack and jersey, collectible trading pins and a sunny gray bobblehead. Plus, they get free Reds tickets and access to members only activities. All that for just $30. Sign up today for the Reds Heads Kids Club at Reds.com slash fan clubs. That's Reds.com slash fan clubs. Continuing on the Reds Hot Stove League. <laughs> Flashing some dance moves here in the studio. It's always presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Just be thankful you don't have to see them. It's radio. <laughs> Thankfully. 
We're continuing with Eric Davis here on the Reds Hot Stove. Thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us today. And, and I talked about it before we went to break that uh, you started a campaign encouraging youth baseball and softball participations, particularly in recreational leagues across greater Cincinnati and here in Reds country. Um, talk about why this is something that is so important to you. Well, I didn't start it. It was, a, it, it, it was something that our organization was doing as well as baseball, but I took the initiative to help create the awareness in not only the Cincinnati area, but in the whole tri, tri-state area where there's the Cincinnati Reds Nation. And it, 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 it's important because we're losing athleticism in our sport. And it's because we're not really marketing to the young athletes that have migrated to football and basketball. And that's not just black players. We're losing white players as well. They're going into other different avenues because of our inability to, to intrigue them with our sport. And kids today have a tendency to look at what they see and what they know and what they hear. We have not done a good job as a league marketing our players. Different organizations have done a great job with marketing their players, but the league has not done a great job with marketing the players. The league has not done a great job with communicating through whether it's baseball tonight, whether it's the MLB network, the criteria is on, on what is it going to take to improve. When you're talking about having young black kids being involved in baseball, they have to know that, that there are black scouts that can come in their neighborhoods. We don't have that. It's probably less than of 10% of, the, of the, all the scouts in Major League Baseball is black. So it's a lot of different things that has to take part in whether or not we can initiate the, the revitalize the interest in a lot of these kids around the country. And I'm doing my part to speak, to be out there, to make sure that they know that I'm available, whether it's to teach, whether it's to conversate, whether it's to tutelage or whatever is going to be needed in order to give them the vibrant and, and, and intensity to want to get back to, to what I call the greatest game in the world. The Reds and the Reds Community Fund are working to connect parents to local teams in time for spring and summer baseball and softball leagues. And parents can visit reds.com slash sign up. We'll give that again for information and to register. Uh, how do you get kids involved? I mean, we we were facing, before this pandemic, uh, lower numbers in participation. Now with the pandemic, it's probably even going to be set back more. How do we get you played little league baseball. How mm-hmm. how do we get kids interested? Well, we have to be creative. It's not just one thing. You push the button and say, "Okay, if we do this, the kids gonna come back." No, it's not. But you have to be creative. And and the, our Urban Youth Academy is doing a tremendous job. And you look at the people that we have over there in, in Jeremy and Jerome. So we have to be more creative in 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 throwing camps and clinics and viral uh, Zoom calls and having them conversate with people who are directly involved in this game, not just from a player standpoint, because there's so many different avenues that our kids don't get a chance to realize that 
can turn a dream into a goal. Because you look at the technology, you have scouting, you have coaching, you have the analytical side. There's so many different variables that this game has to offer that we're not being offered an opportunity to partake in. And so through what we're doing at the Urban Youth Academy is we're creating all of those different types of things. And we're going to do the first Eric Davis Classic. Hopefully we can get that done in the summer at the Urban Youth Academy, which is going to bring a lot of HBCU schools into the fold, which is going to bring a lot of inner city kids an opportunity to perform and be taught and to be scouted and do combine. So there's a lot of different variables, but we have to be in the do business. And the Reds organization have offered me an opportunity to be in that business, and I'm going to try to take full advantage of it. Well, I think uh, you talk about the game has to appeal to kids, and uh, baseball obviously appealed to you. Uh, You played a lot of other sports, so what was it that that made baseball stand out and made you choose that? Well, just once I learned the game, it became so exciting. Um, Because you can do a lot of different things when you're a kid without even actually playing on a team. I learned how to run the bases by playing pickle, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, in the streets and on the grass. And I also learned how to create batting uh, uh, angles and bat control and by not even having a lot of kids, by saying, okay, we don't have enough kids to play, so the right field is going to be closed. So you had to learn how to pull the ball, or the left field was going to be closed, so you learned how to pull the ball. Playing over the line, it was a lot of different variables that we did that created learning how to succeed in this game outside of in a game environment. And and when you don't succeed in the game of baseball, you lose interest because it's, it's a failure sport. It's the only sport in the world where you can be a, a Hall of Famer and fail 70% of the time. So when you can get past that avenue of the game and learn – how to get dirty and learn how to slide and learn how to think and learn how to do so many games. Things is really exciting, but we don't talk about those things. We talk about so many other different things and that's not exciting to the key. Wow. I wish I had video of you playing pickle. I bet you, you are <laughs> unbelievable. Particularly. I'm going to tell you a true story right now. When we was in Tampa in, in like 86 or 87, Pete Rose and stuff was the manager. So you know how you go over your rundowns and all yeah. that stuff right there, right? I was, I was literally making pitches fall, and I got banned from doing the pickle drills <laughs> in spring training. Two story, that is about, great. I, I was making them fall, and they was twisting, and they was doing a lot of different things. So he was like, nah, ED, you sit on the side. And stuff, because everything's wow. competition. And I always looked at that might have been my time where Steve Carlton picked me off, so I had to work on my skills too. So everything that I do, I try to use it as a, as a game situation. That is too good. All right, quick question before we let you go. Could you still steal a base in the major leagues right now? Or maybe both. Could you still uh, get a hit off of pick the big league's best pitcher? Could you still get a knock? I just put it like this. I have one last vote of everything I could do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is that answer your question? It does. I got one good verse. Everything that you said I could do, 
I got one verse on it. I yes, love I can it. Do one of those things, absolutely. All right, Eric. Thanks so much. Appreciate you coming on. Always a treat to talk to you. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Eric Davis joining us. Put Dave us. Stewart back on the mound. Nowadays, Eric Davis at the plate. First inning, 1990 World Series. <sighs> Jeff's still reliving it. Gone! Can't blame him. Oh, it was a great moment. It was a great moment. Red's Hot Stove continues. We've got sound from spring training when we come back on the Red's Radio Network. Welcome back into the Red's Hot Stove League. Along with Jim Day, I am Tommy Thrall. The Reds and World Series champion Eric Davis have launched a campaign to encourage youth baseball and softball participation in recreational leagues across greater Cincinnati and Reds country. The Reds and Reds Community Fund will work to connect parents to local teams in time for the spring and summer baseball and softball leagues for additional information, including a list of drive through sign-up locations. Visit reds.com slash sign up it's great to have him involved in getting the you know when you obviously the kids didn't you know they're gonna have to ask their parents who's who's eric davis but he is such a fan favorite that there are many parents listening right now they can relate to this yeah they were their favorite you know he was their favorite player one of the things that stood out to me that he was talking about it takes you back to your youth and I, I think back to being in my front, friend's front yard and we've got the baseball going and you're playing pickle. And that you could play for hours. Never got old. Just it was stuff like that or, or going to a park. And like he said, you've only got a few guys that can play. So you close off half the field. Oh, yeah. And ghost runners. Ghost runners. Which the are, arguments over whether that guy would have scored from second. The ghost runner would have scored from second. I mean, epic. Epic yeah. wiffle ball games, one-on-one oh, yeah. involving ghost runners and, and whether a ball would be caught with imaginary fielders out there. Yeah, ah, Billy Hamilton's playing center. He catches that in the left center field gap all day. Oh, yeah. No, we had it, too, where we had to hit it on top of the school. It was an out, so we, you had to put the ball in play. It was too easy. It was like tennis ball, baseball. So it was too easy to hit a home run. You had to put it in play. So right. if you hit it up there, one, you had to go get the ball illegally get on top of the school <laughs> and two it was an out so different ways to play yeah you had to invent, invent games and i'm before your time so we had to go outside and play you know we couldn't there were no video games until pong came along <laughs> so. but, I, but i think that's part of of what what drew kids in to baseball before uh, yeah. it was just it was things like that that oh, you yeah. were talking about and uh so times have changed uh you can sit there and argue whether things are better now than they were or worse, but that's not the point. The point is you have to find new ways to get people involved in the game and, and make kids realize how great the game still is because the game is still an excellent sport. Yeah. You just have to make kids understand why it's great. I and, mean, there, there are many different names for pickle. Some people are like, okay, what's pickle? What are you talking about? Right, hot, right. Hot, hot box. box. Yep. I mean, there's, there's a lot of names. Can, can you imagine Eric Dav- young Eric Davis playing pickle? I'm trying to. Get him out? No. <laughs> no I can't. I was I mean, how many times did he, was he say? I mean, seriously. Uh, Most of the time you're out. Most I mean, of you the know. time. Yeah. But that's part of the fun. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show, give us a call. 513-749-7000. Pound 700 for AT&T customers. If you're long distance, 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE. Got some sound from spring training. Players 
David Bell, some coaches have been meeting with the media over the last couple of weeks. We heard some sound last week. Well, uh, Joey Votto spoke to the media this week, and uh, I, I thought he had some great stuff to say. And and we've got a couple of clips from his comments. And uh, one of the things that really stood out to me was just him talking about fun hitters and dangerous hitters and what it takes to be a dangerous hitter. And he wants to get back to that this year. I spent a lot of time on that, uh, the baseball savant page. And there's um, a couple of statistics that like all the good hitters are a part of. And it's usually barrels and uh, exit velocity, hard hit percentage, but especially barrels. Like the most fun hitters are usually in that bat. Barrels category, barrels percentage, barrels per plate appearance category. Those are the hitters that like you see on MLB Network or ESPN's commercials or like you see, you know, doing some like really cool like bat flip on Twitter or something that you forward to your buddies or forward to, you know, fans in that particular city. And, uh, you know, that's that's the, the those are the those are the players that are the most fun. And I kind of miss being in that group. I mean, I've led the league in slugging percentage and I was top two, three, four, five almost every year of my career in, in, in batting average also. And I just got so dead set on, on commanding the strike zone, assuming that, that I was going to help the team that way. So I, listen, I, you know, I led the league in um, extra base hits when I was 18 years old as a newbie from Canada. You know um, I tried to, I have to remind myself that at, at the core, you know, that's who, that's who I am. And uh, I tried to make myself into uh, the perfect hitter. And I've had some success with that. Certainly not perfect, but copy my idols. And, um, you know, I'm probably best suited to include some more air and um, get back to my natural approach. There was a lot that he said there. That's a long clip. And that's why I kind of kept it all in there because I liked everything that he said there, you know. Tried to command the strike zone better. Thought he could help the team that way. It didn't produce the results that he wanted to. Just a lot of things that it, it feels like he has realized in his game that he can correct this year and at this stage of his career. I was glad to hear. First of all, he's always like that. He's so thoughtful in his answers, uh, and he's so intelligent. Um, I'm glad to hear it because, listen, Father Time is undefeated, and Father Time catches up with everyone. He can't be the hitter that he was. So how do you adapt? Well, you adapt like he said. He's going to stand up straighter in the batter's box. Now, who knows? He's tinkered so much. I hope he sticks with it. Standing up in the batter's box, choking down on the bat, swinging for power, maybe striking out more, but um, not looking for the the perfect pitch. If it's six inches inside, you know, he might swing now. Um, He he hits in a homer-friendly ballpark. By the way, I, I can't stand when people say, hitter-friendly ballpark, Great American Ballpark. It's not a friendly ballpark to get hits. It's a homer-friendly ballpark. It's a small outfield, which makes it harder to get hits, actually. So it's not a hitter-friendly ballpark, in my opinion. It's a homer-friendly ballpark. But playing 81 games in that stadium, if he's swinging for more power, I think it's going to greatly help the team. He's not a great base runner, so I, I want him driving guys in. I, I, I agree completely, and I think it comes down to barrels. You're just going to hit the ball harder if, you, if you're yeah. able to 
find the barrel more. And I think he is the type of hitter that is certainly still capable of doing just that. So that that, that was encouraging. The other thing that I, I that really stood out to me, and I think this will give you chills too as you hear it, he's talking about when he retires, he wants to come back and celebrate a championship. Not necessarily a, a personal accolades, but a title. Every year it's that we don't have a championship, it's, it's disappointing. You know, I, w- I want to come back when I'm done selfishly. I want to come back when I'm done. And I don't want, I don't, really don't want to come back and celebrate my career. I want to come back and celebrate a championship. I'm, I'm really uh, uncomfortable with any sort of personal adulation. I want it, be, of course, because I want to do well. But I, I'm, I feel much more comfortable sharing things. And, and I desperately want to come back and be able to celebrate a championship with the city, with, with a team, a shared moment. Joey Votto talking about wanting to come back and celebrate a title. Well, we all want that. <laughs> Where's the line? I'm signed up right now. Uh, yes. No question. Double yes, triple yes. And uh, he, he spoke as though he understands that time is running out, too. Yeah, I, oh, I think no that's uh, there's no doubt. Well, more to get to. We'll get to your phone calls coming up as well. We'll also hear from A. Eugenio Suarez, who spoke to the media today. It's the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. WLW for a full list of spring training games. Visit Reds.com. With Jim Day, I am Tommy Thrall. And uh, we've got some sound from A. Eugenio Suarez. We'll get to in a moment, but first, let's check in with Ron in Indiana. What's up, Ron? <laughs> yes, I enjoyed that with Joey Votto. That, that was cool. Go, yeah. Joey. But anyway, while I called on the rules, I'm not too hot on the uh, guy on second base at the extra innings. I can take the seven and uh, innings uh, doubleheaders. It used to be in the minors, they play uh, nine innings the first game, and then seven the second. But then again, uh, the DH, I guess, I assume they're still going to use it like the Reds play uh, in the interleague play. Yeah, when the Reds are in American League cities, they'll have the DH, yeah. yes. But yeah. uh, otherwise, pitchers will hit again this year unless something changes before opening day but but I I want to ask you what is it that you liked about the old way in extra innings uh, I, I like the new one now uh, it's, it, it seems to be pretty good uh, oh, so you you do like the the, the current yeah. extra inning system with starting the runner at second yeah, like I said, oh, okay. uh, in the minors, they used to have it. The first game was nine innings, and then the second game was seven. Uh, that, was, that was pretty good. That uh, was not, not bad. But, right. uh, yeah, seven innings, I, I, I can hack that. All right. Well, thanks for the yeah. phone call, Ron. Appreciate you listening today. You're welcome. Have, right. have a nice night. You too. Let's check in with uh, Eric, listening all the way in Texas. What's up, Eric? Yeah, man, all this is so good, i got to talk fast. My <laughs> wife and I make the 1,123-mile trek most every year. Wow. And, uh, I'm head of a Red's Hot Stove League where all my buddies are up there in Cincinnati, and I told them to listen tonight. Great. So I can get your station down here. Hi, Russ. Hi, Randy. Hi. Yeah, I can't name all of them, but, but, but we're huge. And, and real quick, uh, I think – Eric was, is my favorite player since the Big Red Machine. And don't you think that first at bat of him in the first inning of the first game of the World Series was one of the most important at-bats in Red's history? 
Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, right? Without a doubt, yeah. Because that sealed it. That that set it right there. Set the tone. We didn't know we were going to win four straight, but it said something right there when E.D. hit that. It's still, still one of my favorite memories of that. And Joey Votto, real quick, as long as he doesn't he, – he, he was leading the league in call strike trees. I don't want that. And and I want him to – remember this scene? Runner on third and one out. They play the infield back, and he's up. He walks. He could have hit a ground ball. Yeah, I thought. I, I and I think that's part of what he was talking about. And and oh. Eric, thanks so much for the phone call. Appreciate you oh, calling yeah. in, and listening Thank you. all the way down in Texas. Uh, I I think that's part of what he was talking about today. He wants yeah. to be the guy that could that can be productive in those situations. He's you know you some guys are good bad ball hitters and some guys aren't. Uh, you can even go back to the, the big red machine of guys that were good. You know that were not good at swinging at balls out of the zone. Johnny Bench wasn't a great bad right. ball hitter. Um, but he needs to swing the bat more. There's no. I think that's what he's talking about. And it's going to come with more strikeouts. It's going to come with more failure. Um, it's going to come at swinging at pitches that he hasn't been swinging at. But it's also going to come with more production. I, you know, I would love to have seen Joey Votto trying to hit for power in the prime of his career because he could have easily oh. hit 40 home runs a year all the time. Sure. Talking about A. Eugenio Suarez earlier as well. Switching gears very abruptly. From Votto to Suarez, but I want to I want to get to this uh, because this is another guy that I think is going to be a key in this lineup this year. Suarez, he he had a bad year last year. He will admit that he had a bad year. He wasn't happy about it, but he's lost 15 pounds, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that he just felt slow last year. Last year for me was tough. Talking about everything overall, Uh, you know, my body doesn't feel very good last year and feel like I slow. I feel like my, my full work doesn't, doesn't good. And, you know, in this off season, I, I, in my house with my family, talking about my future and, and the game. And I understand if he, if he, I didn't do anything for my body, I didn't play long that I want, you know, I just want to play the long I can. I know I didn't control that, but I control to be healthy. I control my body. Well, I think that says a lot right there. He wants to play for a long time. You got to do that by keeping yourself in shape. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, he, he also said, listen, I'm not a 200 hitter. No. And I wasn't happy uh, with the way last year turned out. And, he, you know, he was a mental struggle for him last year. Didn't have his family here, et cetera. But uh, I, I was just so motivated after hearing him today. I can't yeah. wait to see what he puts up. His, and they had, some guys say, well, I don't have any goals. I don't want to put in. He's like, no, I want to break my record from 2019, he wants which is 49 least, home runs. He wants to hit I want to hit 50, 50 home runs. I might not get there, but that's my goal. Right. I'm like, I love it. There's a lot of guys that are saying a lot of the right things yeah. that, that I think we've been waiting to hear guys say. Yeah. And we'll talk about that and. We've got some more phone calls to get to as we wrap up the show next. It's the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Reds Hot Stove League wrapping things up. As always, we're presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. The Reds Ballpark Operations Department is looking for additional team members for the upcoming season at Great American Ballpark. Positions are in seasonal event security and seasonal guest services. Visit reds.com jobs to apply today. Real quick. 
Time for one last call. Let's check in with Gabby in Oxford. What's up, Gabby? Gabby, are you there? Gab- Gabby. Come on with it, Gabby. Now. Hello. Hey, hey, Gabby, hey, what's hey, up? Hey. I, I heard I'm you here. wanted to. I'm here. Okay, okay. What do you got for us today? Okay, I'd like to tell you something. Suarez, he came from Venezuela. I grew up in Venezuela, so every time I see him, I speak in Spanish. And he remembers me well. You look at me, you wouldn't think I speak Spanish. But the main thing, which was very funny, my son sent me this message today. He says he's got two things he's got to stop doing. Yes, he uh, lost 15 pounds. He's got to stop eating that morning breakfast, arepas. That's what he did. Hey, you you hit it. You hit the nail on the head. That's what he said today. He said I had to stop eating those. And he mentioned beer, oh, beer as well. <laughs> he, said, he said, "He said those so and beer, good. rice, salsa." He gave up all beer. that. All right, yeah. Gabby, thanks wow, for the call. Wow, she nailed it. That's exactly what he gave it up. Is. That's amazing. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. I dig that. <laughs> yeah, and beer. That's you know, He's eating a lot of quinoa. Do what you got to do. I don't know how he didn't. Yeah. He went real keen on quinoa no, right out he's, of the gate. He's, he's warmed he's up. He's doing it. it, man. Looking forward to seeing all these guys. First spring game Sunday, live baseball across the network. Hope you can join us. For Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks to Eric Davis and Austin Elmore. Good night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.